everyone. Welcome to Pillars. Always great to have you here. Of course, I'm Dylan Bowman, and today it is my honor to share a conversation with Katrine Poletti, the chairwoman and co-founder of the Ultra Trail de Mont Blanc. Of course, the most important race in all of trail and ultra running, and some would argue the default world championship of our amazing sport. I have known Katrine and her husband, Michelle, for several years now, and have been an interested and impressed observer of all the great things they've done for our sport. In addition to the UTMB, they've really been at the forefront of a lot of things, pioneering live tracking and race coverage that we're now seeing being adopted by other events around the world. They started the Ultra Trail World Tour. They started the International Trail Running Association, aka ITRA, among many, many other things. But this conversation is very UTMB-centric. We discuss the earliest days of the UTMB, how it grew from very humble beginnings to the event that it is today, the challenges of that growth while adhering to the values of the event and the sport as a whole. We talk about the expansion of the UTMB brand into different international markets, the 2021 outlook for these races, and much, much more. I really enjoyed this one. As always, if you enjoy the show, the best way you can support it is by subscribing to our app, which can be found in both the iOS and Android app stores. This week, we're starting a new feature for subscribers that we're calling Office Hours. Uh, this is going to be a series where I'll answer training questions and occasionally have interesting guests on to join uh, in an effort to help enhance our understanding confidence and competence as trail runners. Um, and this week I'll talk a little bit about the Joshua Tree Traverse FKT that I did this past weekend. If any of you are interested, subscription is only $10 a month. And we have been so surprised and so happy to see just how many countries are now represented in our growing community. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to building out this Office Hours series. And if you're interested in subscription, but simply can't afford it, I totally get it. I totally understand. Please just email me at dylan at pillars.com and we will set you up with a free account so you can take advantage of everything that we are doing free of charge if you can't afford it. For everyone else, we thank you so much for your support. It allows us to create this content and gives us enormous ambition and optimism for what we have planned for the future. Uh, that's it. Okay, on with the show. Please welcome the chairwoman and co-founder of the UTMB from Chamonix, France, Catherine Poletti. Okay, I am joined by Catherine Poletti, broadcasting from Chamonix, France. It's a uh, it's a uh, early morning here in the U.S., and I really appreciate you joining me, Catherine. It looks like uh, it's a wonderful day there in Chamonix. How are you doing? Oh, we are well, um, quite well, because uh, we have uh, 
both the mountains and the beautiful uh, landscape and uh, not enough activities. Yeah, so <laughs> exactly. It is a balance and uh, we, we wait for more activities now. Terrific. Well, we're, we're all waiting for, for more activities and it, it seems like we're making progress uh, internationally and uh, we're all hoping that we can gather once again. But of course, you are the person behind the UTMB. You, uh, you started the race, you grew it into what is easily the most important event in our sport and you have big plans for the future. And I want to talk about all those different phases of the development of the event, um, starting with the history of it. So let's turn back the clock back to 2002. How did the idea for the UTMB come about for you? And uh, what do you remember from those early days getting everything organized? Um, before everything, I just want to say that uh, I am not alone um, uh, for creating uh, UTMB, very central and specifically uh, Michelle, mm -hmm. my husband. And um, I remind that because uh, it is very important with Michelle, we, we, we are completely uh, comple complementaries. Mm -hmm. Is the sport, is the runner, is uh, the person uh, who, the technical person, and uh, I make the gift. I make uh, everything around to make an event, to, to, to make the music, to make everything, because I am not uh, a runner from the beginning uh, for many uh, reasons, uh, maybe, and the first one is health. And um, because of that, I focused on all which uh, create uh, an event, uh, all the creativity and uh, everything like that around the event. So it was important to, to give this precision because um, um, it's all the story. We are like a brain with two hemispheres and mm. if, uh, we have not won, we are not normal. Yeah, so. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, in the US, we call that uh, the left brain, right brain synthesis. And it, it's so important to have great partners in any endeavor. And uh, you and your, your husband, Michelle, seem to be perfect partners, not only in life, but but in business as well. So talk a bit about how the, the vision for the race came to be back in the early 2000s. How did you come up with the idea and, uh, and how did you ultimately execute on it? But you know, in the beginning, uh, Michelle and me, we, in uh, around 2000, um, we make a lot of uh, cross-country skiing and uh, we had the opportunity to, to go to very long races like uh, uh, Vasalopet, for example, mm -hmm. and uh, when he ran the Vasalopet, Michel uh, thought it was it was finished in eight hours. In eight hours, and he say it's too short for me. I want to explore a little bit more long, something wow. uh, more long in the time. And uh, as you know, in Chamonix, when you when you train and you practice. Uh, 
cross-country skiing in the summer because there is no snow. A lot of uh, uh, these uh, sports uh, person practice train with running. And in uh, 2000, he changed his mind and uh, he make exactly the opposite. So he trained for uh, trail running, to, for, for running, and in uh, winter, he make cross-country ski. Yeah. And uh, like that, we had the opportunity to take part in a lot of uh, races. Uh, the first one was in uh, Pyrenees, and uh, after we had some in the Alps and everywhere in France, and uh, we discovered the friends like that with another way because uh, I was with him and uh, I was along the, the course. And uh, after I saw that uh, I, I have a possibility to meet more person than him because when he ran, he was all the time with the same runners. But me, I see <laughs> all the runners, but also all the wives of, yeah. the, of the runners and everybody <laughs> so it was the beginning and um, like that each time we came back uh, in uh, Chamonix and we crossed the tunnel of Les Ouches and uh, we see all the beautiful mountains we love it uh, so much yeah. and we say ah oh, probably there is something to do here yeah and uh, we had the opportunity um, in uh, October 2002, because um, after the accident uh, under, um, under the Tunnel du Mont Blanc, yeah. who was closed during two years, um, the, the race who was existing before didn't uh, begin again. Oh. And, and because of that, we take this date uh, the end of August was the date of the, this uh, race before. And uh, we said, okay, it was a, a relay. I think we say a relay yeah. of seven runners. Around the and, mountain. And uh, they have seven steps around. And uh, we thought it was not exactly uh, what we mean. And we say, if we do something, it is individual. It is uh, running all around the Mont Blanc, and uh, the the time do not stop from the start and until the arrival. Yeah, it's such so a great story. Yeah, it, it was exactly the first idea that we had, mm -hmm. and it, uh, we we arrived in two thousand and three um, on the start. At this moment, the start was at four, uh, six o'clock in the morning. And um, I had just a very little booth of um, nine uh, square meters uh, just uh, <laughs> in front of the post office, you know, yeah. to make uh, the... The start and finish uh, line. Yes, the yeah. control and everything uh, here. And uh, we give the start. In the start on the first line, uh, just some days before we met uh, Topher Gaylord. 
Yes, our and, mutual friend. Uh, who was on the start line, and uh, Michelle and all my friends who helped me, uh, who organized, they say there is, if we organize that, we want to run it. Yeah. So, Catherine, because you are not a runner, you will be the race director. <laughs> well, somebody's got to do it and it's the most important job. And it seems like they, they pick the right person. And I think it's an amazing story. And I just want to highlight a couple of things for the listeners who may not be as familiar as I am. But you mentioned the Vasalopet, which is a, an iconic Nordic skiing race in Sweden, uh, about 90 kilometers. And I think there's 15 or 20,000 people who do the ski race every year. And you mentioned Michelle doing it and that providing some of the inspiration. And you also mentioned the accident in the, in the tunnel in Mont Blanc that connects, uh, the French side of the mountain to the Italian side of the mountain that happened in, in 2002. So I, that was interesting that that sort of happened around the same time that the inspiration for the race came about. But, you know, looking at, at the, um, results, uh, the historical results of the race back in 2003, the first edition, there was only, only 67 total finishers. And of course now, you know, between all the events, there's more than 10,000 runners. So in those early days, did you have an idea of what the event could eventually become? Did you have that, uh, the internal vision that this would turn out to be the most important trail running event in the world? Oh, not at all. Mm. Because the the first the first uh, year in two thousand and three, um, I have to say there is seven hundred uh, person on the start line, but uh, we have a different rule than now, and uh, they they were able to stop in Courmayeur or to stop in mm. Champé with a classification. Okay. So because it was a really bad weather, there is a very few who uh, run all uh, during uh, the time and until Chamonix. For example, um, when uh, Michel um, said to me um, in uh, to, to climb to Bordin, he found he, it was like uh, if he was uh, in a river, uh, really? just uh, so many water uh, on the ground, in the sky, everywhere. It was very difficult. And uh, when we saw uh, the first guy who arrived was Dawa Shapa, and um, he, there is a lot of person on the arrival for Dawa at uh, midnight. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was raining so hard, raining very hard. And uh, about 10 minutes after he arrived, there is nobody in, uh, the, um, in the streets. I was alone, just uh, in my little booth in the middle of nowhere with the rain. Mm-hmm. And uh, I waited until two o'clock alone, quite alone, for the second, two, two hours, and uh, the second were Tofer and um, Brandon Sibrovsky, mm-hmm. who arrived together. And at this time, the very funny thing is quite in the same moment I received a radio call and uh, from Trian, and uh, where a guy said to me, um, 
oh, your husband, uh, Michel, just uh, go from Trian, but he go with a very beautiful girl. And um, because she asked to him if she can uh, uh, run with him, she didn't like to, to run alone in the night in the <laughs> mountain. And uh, this girl was Chrissy Merle. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it, it was the honeymoon of Chrissy and Brendan at this time. Yeah. And uh, during this time, I was at two o'clock in the middle of nowhere with Toffer and Brendan. And on the other side in Trian, Michelle was alone with Chrissy running in the mountain. (laughs) What a great story. And yeah, I mean, Topher and Brendan finishing second in that first edition of the UTMB back in 2003. That's still the best performance by American men on the (laughs) UTMB course. So shout out to uh, to Topher and Brendan. Topher, of course, is a a mutual friend of, of both of ours and somebody who had a uh, a sort yes, of cr- critical but, uh, role. It was really the beginning of a very big friendship. Yeah. <clears throat> with Toffer. And so often I say Toffer is like my American brother. Yeah. So, well, that's you know, great. But the beginning was here. Yeah. So talk and a little the, bit about where, where the vision came from for adding the CCC and the TDS and the OCC, because, you know, in the U.S., most of the iconic hundred mile races, uh, are standalone events here, like the Western States or Leadville or hard rock, things like that. And one of the things that makes UTMB so special is this festival atmosphere where you have races happening all week. So where did the idea come for adding additional events to create this sort of festival atmosphere that lasts all week? But, you know, the first year there were 700 runners, the second, there were 1,400. And the third one, we arrived a little bit more than uh, 2,000. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is uh, two things we saw. The first one is that the, the course and the trays are not large enough to, uh, to welcome too much person together. Um, and uh, without any traffic or without uh, any destroying the nature. Yep. It's the first thing. So we have to, to make a limit of a number of runners because uh, it is uh, not a highway and uh, we do not want that. So we need to be careful for the runners have no too much traffic and uh, in the same time to keep the trails uh, and uh, everything uh, correct and uh, in the mountain. And the second thing is that uh, with with growing of the number of runners, more and more, more than 50% of them uh, stopped in Courmayeur. Okay. And uh, we were quite um, sorry that they have not the possibility to discover from Kuhlmeier until uh, Chamonix, mm-hmm. because as you know, because uh, you tried it, it is a very beautiful landscape. <laughs> the whole and course. And at the yeah. same time, they were unable to cross the Switzerland. So it was the first reason when we created the CCC. 
And uh, we saw immediately a lot of runners registered on the CCC because they already did the uh, UTMB until Courmayeur, and it was a possibility to finish the loop. And uh, it was the origin for the CCC, 100 kilometers. And then uh, later, the, um, we created also the TDS to, to be able to explore the other side uh, around the Bosamoris and the Sawa and uh, uh, everything. But in the same time, the, the Switzerland authorities, they say to us, uh, you are very kind guys, but uh, in the same time, we take part in this event and we want to start. Yeah. So because of that, we thought and uh, we imagine the OCC because uh, it starts uh, from Orsières, which is really the, the, the biggest village of uh, this part of, um, of the course. And uh, in the same time, there were... Um, it was around 50K, so a little bit more if we don't yeah. take care of the denivelation. And so we, we say uh, that's a good thing because these three distances of more uh, uh, practiced than everywhere, and uh, that's made uh, 50K, 100K, and 100 miles. Yeah. So... It was a good balance, and it was because of that we created uh, the OCC. In the same time, for the Swiss, the Swiss persons, yeah. and also to to enlarge our offer uh, to the runners because uh, we wanted to keep open to all the runners, and we know that some of them. They like to to run very long, and but some of them they do not. Right. <laughs> I remember when I spoke with Dawa, and Dawa said to me, "I do not like to run the night," and uh, because of that, now I finish on the very long, and I stay not more than one hundred kilometers. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's a brilliant thing um, to be able to speak to every different athlete and allow them to take a progressive approach to the race over the course of years and have different experiences of the race over the course of several years. And, you know, I think that's one of the things that I've enjoyed so much about coming to the event is, um, you know, I've done OCC, I've done TDS, I've done UTMB, I'm signed up for CCC this year. And uh, you know, I've been over a couple of times and, and just enjoyed the race as a spectator. And there's just so many different ways to be part of it. And um, I've so, so enjoyed it. And I think um, the festival atmosphere that's been created makes the race just so, so special. And now we're coming up on the 18th anniversary of this, of the start of the race back in 2003, now 2021. And it's a relatively short window of time in which, you know, the race started with humble beginnings to now being, you know, without question, the biggest, most important event in trail running. And one of the other things that uh, makes it so special is 
how well you guys have done with the technological innovation and the experience of the fan and the spectator over the course of the event. Um, and I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about that. How did you guys, what was your insight into the runner tracking mechanism? Because you guys were very early to implement that. And also the UTMB live viewing experience. When did those become part of the overall strategy and what value do you, do you think they've added to the event? It's arrived very early because, um, um, you know, my daughter Isabel and his uh, husband, they are uh, IT engineers. <laughs> and uh, from just the beginning, they uh, designed the first website uh, immediately for, for me. And uh, after 2003, it was very difficult to manage the race because uh, I needed to be uh, on the radio, uh, communication uh, everywhere, every time. And uh, there is a lot of places where there is uh, not good connection uh, uh, with, uh, with phone and uh, everything like that. So the, uh, from uh, 2004, we tried to... Um, to have all the all the data uh, about the runners directly on uh, internet to be able to uh, use them to manage the, the race. So in the beginning, it was uh, just with a, I don't know uh, iPads or something like that, mm -hmm. and uh, then we imagine it would be easier with some chip to, uh, and uh, we needed to find some chip who were not too expensive. And uh, if you remember in the beginning, uh, this chip was so expensive that we asked to runners to, to give 20 euros and we give it back mm. when you give back the chip. Yeah. And then we found some chip, uh, some chips, very cheap. <laughs> it's, it's <not laughs> some easy, cheap chips, yeah. <laughs> cheap, cheap, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. And um, from this time, we we used the technology, I don't know exactly if uh, it's the same in American uh, RFID, yep, you know. Yep. This technology with the ships and, uh, and uh, it yeah. was like that we had the first automatic, it was automatic to, um, to cross, uh, to, to have the data of the runner as soon as they cross an aid station. Mm -hmm. And the other problem was, was that we needed to find the possibility and the technology to have some, uh, um, because we have some aid station without uh, electricity and uh, we, it was impossible to put a carpet and uh, to do something. And we needed something who was uh, really, uh, really light uh, to, to, to carry it uh, on the top of the mountain and to be able to read all the chips uh, manually with, uh, with uh, yeah. just uh, for each person. And as soon as we had this possibility to do something automatic, 
we began to share with the runners and the first time we shared with the runners, the runners were able to ask us um, um, to receive a text to each time they cross um, a place. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we had a lot of person who, who, who received this text and um, as soon as the, and step by step, we arrived and to create really, it was the, oh yes, it was the birth of Life Trail. Yeah. And uh, Life Trail was really existing as Life Train, Life Trail from uh, 2016. Mm-hmm. And at this time, each time we say we need some data to be able to manage the race. Mm-hmm. And in the same time, we need that uh, all the runners are able to share uh, their race uh, and their adventure with uh, all their uh, lovers. Yeah. And uh, it was a step by step that we did that because uh, Michelle and me were um, IT, IT studies, but a very long time ago. Right. And uh, with Isabel and, uh, Mich- and uh, Michael, it was uh, more just in time. I love that, you know, it it is such a family business, you know, between you and Michelle and, and then your daughter, Isabel, and, and you talked about Live Trail, which is, of course, the online platform where people can follow along. Talk a little bit about the the uh, UTMB TV experience, because uh, the 2019 mm-hmm. coverage, you know, was burned in my mind. And of course, I was doing the English commentary, watching as, as Pau Capel and Courtney DeWalter uh, became champions in, in Chamonix and it was such an amazing experience and the coverage has come such a long way and I think for the growth of the sport and for the um, you know the the telling of the stories both to the true fans like myself and to the general public having that visual experience that race day spectator experience is just so powerful and seeing how you know running the last downhill into Chamonix and seeing how good he looked and and same with Courtney DeWalter is just such a powerful thing and I wondered if you wanted to to tell a little bit about what sort of an investment goes into that and and how um how you think it enhances the race as a whole firstly um it was the moment you know uh, as soon as we can if we have not uh, a technology or we are not very expert in the technology, we have the, um, we find the, the company or the person who is really an expert in this technology to, to make an alliance. Mm-hmm. And it was the moment where I met uh, Fabrice Perrin. Mm-hmm. And um, with Fabrice, we continue the same way with him. And uh, if we were able, if it was able to share the data in the same time, we wanted to begin with a web TV 
and how can we organize this web TV? And Fabrice explained to me that, uh, okay, we can work on a web TV and uh, to mix it with uh, manage, managing uh, so, uh, social networks mm -hmm. and to be able to push uh, using social networks of images that we had. And uh, we began to have some little uh, films of uh, between two and five minutes, and we pushed them on uh, uh, the web uh, with the social networks. And then we imagine it was not enough, and it will be better because there is not uh, all the time the possibility to follow the race, and only follow the race during all the time is not really a little bit boring. Yeah. Sometimes it may be uh, uh, all the time you see the same person who is running, maybe some of them, but uh, during, uh, as you know, 46 hours, it will be really re uh, fast, uh, boring. Mm -hmm. So we imagine that it was possible during... Uh, the night or during uh, the moment where there is nothing uh, who exists uh, really uh, clearly, to have some person uh, firstly to 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 push some uh, little film that we did before, mm. uh, and then it was not enough, so we introduced some uh, speakers. And uh, because a lot of persons don't understand French, we have more international person than French. So we say, okay, we need uh, somebody who is English. It's uh, like that, that, uh, you know, um, Keith Byrne and uh, Randy uh, Gaylord yeah. uh, were with us uh, to explain the race uh, in English um du during all the time and uh, to speak like on a real television yeah and like that it was um the utmb tv mm -hmm. and after it was not enough we had together a really good uh, uh, system to follow the runners everywhere and to follow the race and we have image. So the challenge was to mix them together. Mm. And uh, really, UTMB Live is uh, an ecosystem who make together live trail, uh, social medias, and images, mm -hmm. and, anima and uh, some speakers to be able and now it is in five languages yeah. to be yeah. able to share not only with the runners, but it's really used um, by all the person who are on, um, not uh, in Chamonix Valley, right. but uh, all around the world. But it's also really used by uh, all the volunteers and the person of the organization who are on the other side of the course yeah. and who want to know what happened on the complete <laughs> course. Yeah. So it was the best uh, way to share 
every moment with everybody. Mm-hmm. That's it's amazing, and and thank you guys so much for making that investment. I think it's so good for the sport, and it's so uh, enjoyable for for people like me. But but also, I think does a great job at at really telling the story of the spirit of our sport and why it's so special and, and combining the data with the images, with the human interest stories, I think really gives a 360 degree understanding to the viewer about why it is such a special sport and why UTMB is such a special event in particular. Uh, before we move on, because I want to sort of come a little bit closer to present day and talk a bit about what happened this year and, and then things happening in the future. But I'm curious, you know, so since I've been in the sport, which is about, you know, 12 years now, we've seen this sort of rocket ship trajectory and growth and UTMB has been largely, you know, part of that growth, obviously, but responsible for that growth in a lot of ways as well. And I wondered if there were any particular challenges that you've seen as part of this rapid expansion and growth in our sport, whether on a macro level within the sport or, or specific to UTMB, are there any specific challenges that you, that stand out in your mind, things that you've had to deal with over the last 18 years, um, as the sport has grown so rapidly? I think, uh, we need to manage this growth very carefully, uh, for many, uh, reasons. One of the first reasons is that we need to take care of the sustainability of the, the new rules in the world where we need to, to imagine something where we have not to travel uh, uh, so much, travel less to travel better. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the same time, I think uh, UTMB is at its ma- it's maximum about the quantity of uh, runners. I think it's not, it's a bad idea uh, if we want to continue to be really uh, focused with our values, the values of uh, uh, it may be friendly, but uh, in the same time, take care of equity, take care of uh, a lot of things like that. And mm-hmm. uh, of course, of the sustainability and um, because of that, uh, I think the good idea is that we are on uh, the end of this talk because we have not finished to think to everything. You know, we we try to be clever and it's not easy uh, every day to be clever right. so, and uh, to have a good uh, balance uh, for everything. And uh, I'm... I think uh, if we have another uh, meeting in uh, April, in the second part of April, we are able to explain the new system. Mm-hmm. Great, awesome. So we'll we'll look forward to, to that uh, to that presentation. But um, let's talk a little bit more about um, this past year. Of course, it's been a very challenging year for everybody in the world. Of course, our our sport is no exception, and many people like yourself were forced to make very difficult decisions, canceling races, and I wondered if maybe you would talk a little bit about that experience as a, a race director, um, the responsibility you feel to the sport, um, and maybe uh, I also, you know, I'm very interested in the UTMB for the planet, and it seems that you were able to salvage what was a 
unfortunate situation with the cancellation of UTMB by pivoting and, and doing the UTMB for the planet. So talk a bit about um, this past year as an organization, uh, how, what, what were the challenges and how did you guys respond? Yes, uh, when uh, we arrived in May, three months before the start of the UTMB event, we decided to cancel it. And in the same time, we, at this moment, we have, we hoped to be able to organize a symbolic uh, event with exactly uh, 720 runners mm -hmm. as the first time. But in the same time, it was not what the runners expected in their dream mm. to come with uh, nobody in the street, nobody on the start line, nobody uh, on the course and everything. So we tried to imagine a way to make all the runners uh, have the same challenge together, even if they are not in Chamonix, uh, everywhere on the planet for everybody. And uh, it was uh, the idea of uh, UTMB for the planet and uh, this special uh, virtual uh, platform. Mm -hmm. Why it is uh, special? Because uh, I s we saw some other uh, virtual platform but uh, they have to take care um, of uh, one activity and uh, just one, uh, just the distance or the denivelation. Mm -hmm. And uh, the idea was to create a platform, virtual platform for the runners and to be able to take care of uh, an open number of activities and together the distance and the uh, nivelation. Mm -hmm. It was uh, something I thought was more uh, representative of this um, this activity, this sport. Yeah. And uh, after, because uh, when we cancelled the race, we were unable to reimburse. 100% of, uh, of the fees mm -hmm. because uh, uh, a lot of person don't imagine that uh, now UTMB organization, it is 30% uh, who we pay them mm -hmm. and we pay them to answer and to organize the registration, to answer to the emails and to answer to the phone to everybody. Mm -hmm. So there is a lot of... Uh, uh, money who was uh, already spent right and uh, it was the reason why we decided okay we can make this virtual virtual platform but in the same time we didn't uh, we were not able to reimburse 100 percent of the fees so it was not really um, uh, good to imagine uh, that uh, we can open this virtual platform like that, just uh, because it is uh, uh, an um, as additional asset. Mm -hmm. So it was the reason that we say, okay, so we will do it 
to for a cause which is uh, higher than us and uh, it was the reason why we organized it with the possibility of a gift to WWF mm-hmm. and uh, on a program which was to protect and to help um, the activities in mountain and the outdoor activities in the Alps. Mm-hmm. So it was the uh, the reason of the gift uh, the person uh, made. And uh, it was like that, that uh, UTMB for the planet uh, uh, arrived. But now we will keep this uh, virtual platform. And we know that we have the possibility to organize many kind of challenges, mm-hmm. maybe just challenge everywhere, maybe a race, um, maybe some race, but uh, with um, uh, a real course, and just uh, to be able to choose over to to uh, follow the runners uh, like with digital uh, possibilities. Mm-hmm. So we we work about that, and we are able to offer to 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 decide that it is for a cause or not. Mm-hmm. for this one or another one. Uh, so it is important to respect uh, all the uh, values of solidarities and uh, of uh, sustainability. Solidarity is why, because all these runners need to understand that they are so lucky to be able to run mm-hmm. and they need to think to the others who are not able. Yeah. So it yeah. is uh, the reason. Yeah. Well, thanks for explaining that. And I think um, it is really cool to see how, you know, the organization is able to take such an unfortunate situation, make the best out of it, and ultimately make a big contribution to the World Wildlife Foundation and do something good um, that was born out of a period of adversity for the whole world and hopefully will will make a difference. And it sounds like there's a vision to continue a similar model into the future. So let's talk a little bit about the uh, UTMB world events and the expansion of the UTMB brand into other markets, because I think this is really interesting. And you said a moment ago that it seems that the UTMB Mont Blanc, the uh, original race, is sort of at its capacity. It's impossible to make it bigger uh, without compromising some of your values in terms of stewardship of the environment and runner experience. Um, is that one of the reasons why you've expanded into different markets? And talk a little bit about the race's process in vetting potential events to be part of the UTMB family in different markets. Today, the idea. Uh, you know, on UTMB Mont Blanc in 2019, and also in 2020, when we uh, have a look on the demands, um, we have uh, more than 32,000 demands. And on these demands, even if uh, the runners need to have qualifying points, it is uh, quite difficult to arrive in UTMB Mont Blanc. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe a little bit too much sometimes because um, uh, 
we push the runners to run maybe sometime a little bit too much and too long and too much. So yeah. we need to be careful with the health of uh, everybody. Mm-hmm. And um, we saw that uh, there is quite one uh, one thousand of Chinese who ask to come on UTMB Mont Blanc. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is an example. So in the same time, we thought it would be clever to have a big event with the same standards that UTMB, the same kind of organization and uh, the same values in China. Because uh, it was a, a possibility for all these persons we refused uh, because uh, we refused more than the half. We refused some runners in UTMB Mont Blanc and they want to cross all the world to come. So the idea was it would be the possibility of growth for UTMB brand. Because when we arrived in China, it's completely crazy, mm-hmm. really crazy. Wow. I remember I remember that a guy have to sign his t-shirt with an autograph, you know? Mm-hmm. And he came same time with another t-shirt. And I said to me, to him, uh, you know, and now I am able to recognize you. <laughs> Why? You can't tempt him. Oh yes, it is for my for we 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 have an association and uh, we sell it. For the association, it's crazy why he he sell a T-shirt on which I just make an autograph. I seen my name, I sign my name, and he sell it, and he was able to sell that. They are completely crazy in uh, China, in uh, Japan, and uh, in Thailand. It's quite the same. Yeah, and. Uh, because of that, I think the way of growth of UTMB standards is to create other races around the world where the runners are able to go to run without a so long travel. Mm-hmm. And when they want to come in Mont Blanc, they really travel to have some holidays or to do something Mm. in the Mont Blanc, and I think it is much better for everybody. Everywhere in the world, it is much better if a person who can, they take the opportunity to visit, to meet the other persons, mm. to to meet the other cultures and uh, everything like that. It is better for everybody. Yeah. Well, I think it's a a great vision for the race. And I think the UTMB brand does have so much credibility that you guys have worked so hard to engender with the sport that it's only natural to to take that brand into different markets. And I like the the philosophy behind maybe reducing travel and when you do travel, making it a point to experience the culture, to take your time, to enjoy it rather than you know, just, just fly in and out for a single race experience. And it seems the UTMB brand is, is growing really well. You mentioned the China market where you have the Gali Gong by UTMB, you have the Panda Trail 
by UTMB, and then in, and also in Asia, Thailand by UTMB starting this year in 2021. And then of course, Oman by UTMB, which has been around for a couple of years now, and the brand new also Valderan by UTMB in Spain, which is coming up in July. I wondered, um, I know the registrations or uh, the wait list is open now for the Panda Trail, um, and I think international runners can start registering in in May. Um, and I think registration is open for Thailand right now as well, and Valderan. Um, Maybe can you provide an update for the runners as to um, it, whether registration is available uh, for any of the other UTMB events right now and maybe um, how things are going with the planning of these international races under such tough circumstances here in 2021? But you know, in uh, 2020, we have two races who were able to, to work it was Thailand and Panda Trail, and uh, we did it even we cannot be able to travel mm -hmm. because we organize um, uh, direction center, a center, uh, how do you call that? Uh, race director center yeah. in Chamonix and in Thailand, and all during the race, we were connected okay. and uh, we were able to say to them, be careful um, because of uh, the forecast. There is a problem here. Mm. This uh, trail is, uh, you, you have to change uh, the um, barrier, uh, time barriers, and uh, you, you have to do that. And uh, we make all the analysis of the, uh, data from Chamonix and we found this way to do it and uh, in the same time uh, in France or in Val d'Aran uh, now with a coronavirus we know it's not completely finalized of course there is the vaccines and uh, I will be it may help and uh, in the same time, we planned to be able to organize always these races, races with a plan B mm -hmm. um, to be able, uh, maybe there is no public, maybe we need to have a mask, maybe we need to respect the distanciations, maybe we, we have to do that. It's the first time of the rules. Mm -hmm. In the second part, now in uh, France, we make a big uh, meeting of uh, outdoor organizers. That means uh, ASO, that means um, uh, for the bicycle, I think it's Golazo. Yep. That means uh, a lot of uh, person who organize outdoor event. And uh, we are going to analyze if uh, it is uh, real that there is so much um, the, the virus is uh, going uh, on uh, um, only indoor. Yeah. Quite not outdoor. Right. And uh, the cluster, you are, 
you have 55% of a cluster who are from indoor, not from outdoor. And then we we have to to try to work with the governments to organize the rules because maybe it's not the last time that we have a virus. Mm-hmm. And uh, if it is not this one, it may be another one. I don't know. Right. So we are organizing the plan B, the plan C, and everything like that. Great. Well, I'd encourage people who are listening to go to utmbworld.com to check out all the different races that you have. And uh, hopefully soon we'll have an expansion into North America. So so those of us uh, who, who live here can enjoy the UTMB brand a little bit closer to home and and take uh, take enjoyment from the very high standard of event production that you guys put on. Um, so Katrine, I'm so grateful for, for your time. Um, I wondered if maybe we could sign off just by giving the the runners an update about how things are going for the planning of the the 2021 edition of the UTMB Mont Blanc um, and maybe any uh, positive experiences that came from this difficult year anything that maybe you experienced that you otherwise wouldn't have based on the circumstances of the coronavirus and all that it's meant for our our society and our personal lives. I know one thing that that I thought was actually pretty funny is uh, I was looking at the weather when the UTMB Mont Blanc race was supposed to happen this year and the weather was terrible, right? It wasn't the race day weather. Um, it would have been one of the worst of all time if the race did take place this year. Um, so yeah, any, anything you want to share about the planning of, um, the 2021 edition, uh, how it's we going. never saw this kind of weather. <laughs> really? Never. So I think it was the best moment to have this experience of the so bad weather. Yeah, yeah. Never we saw that. Yeah, it was snowing, I think, on the Col de Benome and the Grand Col Not really snowing, maybe a little bit of snow, but uh, really it was rainy, rainy, so hard yeah. with some bubble in, uh, in, uh, on the, on the floor yeah. so much and all the time, no stop, nothing during from the beginning of the week <laughs> to the end of the week. Really, we never saw that. So yeah. because it can't exist, it's very rare and, uh, I'm happy it was last year. Uh, probably we have not the same pro- problem ne- uh, next year, and uh, we hope to. And really, you know, uh, about all the UTMB events, there is a long time we work to create one in USA, and we continue, but we have some... Uh, Good news may happen. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> well, well, Katrine, um, yes, uh, I, I hope that uh, we're all able to gather in Chamonix again this August, and I hope it's warm, sunny weather, and um, <laughs> and we can all be, I think, rewarded for our, our patience during this difficult year. But thanks so much for your time and coming on the show. Um, it's always great to have a conversation with you. And I think those of us here in America, uh, those uh, you know who are fans of the sport and fans of your race will really value your time and enjoy hearing your perspective. So thanks so much for joining. Thanks to you uh, to be interesting by UTMB and uh, 
really I want to say hello and to to send a very good feeling to all American friends. Thank you, Katrine. Thanks so much to Katrine. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. I am just so grateful and honored that she would come on and spend so much time with us. Uh, It was so fun for me to learn a little bit more about those early days of the event. I can't believe it's only been 18 years and to see where the event is now, what it has become. For those who have never been, please do put it on your bucket list. There is nothing like the UTMB. Even if you aren't racing, it is truly the highlight of every year for us and I am just so looking forward to hopefully being back in Chamonix at the end of the summer to race myself, to enjoy the mountains, and generally just be part of that race environment. If you can't make it there in person, there's plenty of places that you can interact with the UTMB on the internet. I have links in the show notes to the main UTMB webpage. I've also linked to the UTMB world events that we talked about at length in this podcast. I linked to the registration for Thailand by UTMB, which again, I mentioned in this show for international runners. You can take advantage of that registration right now. Again, link is in the show notes. Also a link to the registration reminder for the Panda Trail by UTMB, a race in China. That registration opens up May 1st, so in just about six weeks or so. And finally, I linked to UTMB for the planet, uh, the program that Katrine spoke about uh, that seems to be uh, part of the brand's long-term vision into the future, even post-coronavirus, which is awesome to see uh, what they've done with that and what they plan to do with that in the future. Thank you guys so much for being here. If you don't mind, leave a rating or review in Apple Podcasts. That really does help the show, makes us feel good, and gives us a little boost to new listeners. Thank you guys. Always appreciate your time and attention. Can't wait to talk to you more soon. Okay. Love you. Bye.